A total trip. I mean, I've been in a hospital. Well, I've been in hospitals for a really long time, um, but I've been on a maternity floor since 2002, and, which is also a really long time when you think about it. Yeah. Um, it's um, 20, well, actually 2003. So yeah, but that's 20 years. It'll be 20 years wow. coming up. Um, and I got on the well, I met my yoga, I met my teacher in 2002, but I really kind of like got on the yogic path, um, you know, uh, more like 2004, I would say, where I really went like full on. And, um, and that's when I, you know, kind of started to elevate my consciousness and have a different understanding of birth, absolutely, completely, like a hundred percent. And then I started teaching prenatal yoga, childbirth education, so then going into the hospital that I had been at for a couple of years, but then going in as, as a yogi, um, as a person whose consciousness totally shifted, that was a total trip too, because there were certain things that I would see that I didn't agree with um, anymore now that I was had a different level of consciousness. And, um, and then it, it was interesting there was like a year, I don't know the timeline, but there was a little bit of time where I would get upset um, at things that were being done and I would um, get frustrated and I would still give great care. And, but on, in my mind, I was getting mad at maybe families or, or doctors or whatever I was doing. Um, and thank God I outgrew that um, and was able to ha- have acceptance because they were there doing what they were doing for a reason on their path. And I wasn't going to help anyone by being mad at them in my mind. Right. So, and I certainly wasn't helping myself and I was definitely not helping the newborn. Oh my gosh. They were probably like, we hear your mind. Um <laughs> And it's rude. <laughs> it's very, well, you're, it's very judgmental. Hold on. I chose these people. Wait, I love that you just brought that up because I heard an interview that you, you did with, I think his name is Jai Gopal. Yes. Maybe I'm saying, okay. Yeah. And I, I you, when you said, um, you said in the part of the interview, my mission in this life is, is for the, is for life, for new life is essentially yeah. what you said. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And, um, I was just like, wow, especially like as, um, as someone who's about to have another child. And I had my daughter in a hospital. I I gave birth to my daughter in Israel. So I had her in Tel Aviv in Israel (laughs) and I'm not Israeli. My husband's Israeli. I mean, I have citizenship, but I'm not, I'm American. And, um, I very much intentionally chose that experience. And, um, it was such an amazing, magical experience. And of course, like every experience, looking back, you always have little things you would have fine-tuned or little moments where you saw a collapse in yourself or an expansion. Like you look back with such a different lens. But one of the things in the conversation with you and especially this mission that you have is I would love to for you to offer an alternative possibility for people, which is that it is very possible to have a really lovely delivery oh, yeah. in a hospital. And 
it is really possible to have a very empowered, very conscious um, experience in a hospital in that time when, when, and, and I feel like, especially very, like, very much, my husband also works in a hospital and has, he has worked in the medical, Western medical field his whole entire life as well. So I have a very unique lens, I'm sure, like your family does. And a very intimate lens that I think most people don't or a patient wouldn't or, or something like that. And I feel like in the last like, you know, five, but definitely three years, you know, there has kind of like been a, a, a dish, a dish, dis, um, satisfaction with that as an option. And to me, speaking very personally to me, the idea that I would have to somehow become superhuman in every area of my life where I would never rely on anyone outside of my own, you know, volition feels untrue. It feels untrue. And so I, and also I've had the great grace of living experiences where it is untrue. I can trust. I do trust. I have had empowered experiences, but um, I wanted you (laughs) to like offer your perspective on how you create that because it is connecting to what you just said. Like you reach, and my husband has done the same where you like go through a phase where you're like angry, um, frustrated. You, you see the obvious, you, you want to like interject and be a warrior and, and, you know, and then there's like a dissolving Mm -hmm. and you're like, actually my presence is more valuable when I spend my energy this way. And I'm so much more impactful So how do you do that? Like, can you give me some examples of how you like create that space using, using all of your bodies, right? Like I would love for you to speak about it with all of your bodies, you know? Yeah. So, I I mean, I have seen um, women have the most incredible experiences in hospitals. So there's that, you know, (laughs) I mean, there, there are people that have come in and just absolutely um, it was exactly perfect for them. And I think looking at the choice of birth is very personal. And I don't think home births are for everyone. I think they're for some people. And I think they might be for more people than people might think, but I definitely do not think they're for everyone. And I think it, it's, it's, it's the, the best place for a woman to have her baby is where she feels safest. Mm-hmm. And um, when a woman comes into a hospital, I, 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 I believe to have a really successful experience, it's it, it, the best you know, thing I could tell families is to be really opened and loving going into it and um, accepting. And I mean, there's people that I, I will be, you know, discharging and they're like, we don't want to go. Can you know, or I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had people that are like, will you come home with me or, or other, other healthcare providers where they're like, please come with me. Or um, so I have seen just beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, births, postnatal periods, all of that stuff. Um, and, and for me, the way that I kind of got into a place of acceptance, it was just going deeper into my practice and, um, knowing that if, if I, if I'm not accepting, um, where I am, if I'm not growing where I've been planted, 
so to grow where I've been planted, I have to um, accept where people are at and meet them where they're at, then I am not, I'm not going to enjoy myself. And I really want to enjoy myself um, where I'm working and I am enjoying myself there. And um, I hope I answered your question. I think I went in a few different directions. No, totally. And, and the, one of the things that I wanted to ask about is like, I, I what you kind of say is like, basically that the, you have to have like a level of self-trust, right? With yourself. Like that's ultimately when you say like going deeper into your practice, it's like being penetrated more by your own, your ownness. And like, as the mother and like, from my own personal experience, like feeling very confident and like, very like laser focused on like, what is about to go down here? But like coupled with the idea that birth is just absolute madness. (laughs) Oh, it is like the most, it is total madness. And it's like standing (laughs) off of a, um, you're, 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 you're standing on the edge of a cliff and there's water down there and you're pretty high up and you know that you're, you're going to be okay. When you get in that water, you know, it's deep, you know, there's not, you know, too much down there that could get in the way, but you don't really know how it, how it's going to totally feel getting to the, to the, to the bottom. It's a free fall, right? It's a free fall. And it's a free fall. And just accept, you have to just trust that. And it's, I think, I think being present is so important for um, pregnant women getting ready to birth is just, you know, staying as close to the present as possible while having a positive projection at the same time and having this like just trust of we don't know which way it's going to go but we're going to go forward and just look at it as it's like it's it's a positive thing no matter what happens it's a positive thing because no matter what happens no matter which way it goes it can be positive in mm-hmm. in the perception of the human yeah. so even if it's you know, even if it's, I always tell women, you know, that didn't maybe like have the birth that they planned or whatever, they they had expectations of a birth that they wanted to have. And then, you know, we have to go through it. They have to go through it after they birth. They have to, women need to talk about it. Um, It's such a wild ride. So they have to talk about it. And especially to other women, you know, multiple times I find they need to talk about their birth story but we have to, we have to get to that place where it's like, yeah, but that happened because it was meant to happen that way in order for you to be the woman that you're meant to be in order for you to be the mother you're meant to be in for, in order for your baby to have the life that he or she is meant to have. So all of the steps were exactly perfectly planned. Um, even though they looked wild and definitely felt wild to the mother. (laughs) You know, and something that you're saying when you're, when you're speaking right now, one of the things that I think is, um, sort of very painful to people, I think in, in like, who might be listening to this conversation is like, there, I think sometimes can be like a trap that if you're conscious and present, it means that everything is suddenly going to go your way and be quite easy. I mean, you'll hit challenges. Of course, life is meant to challenge me and mold me. And, um, but you know, it's, it's, everything is going to turn out exactly like my Instagram feed and, 
Um, and I think one thing that really like uh, something I kept hearing, like after I delivered my daughter was like, just because something natural doesn't mean that it's easy. And I think that was something that I really experienced um, as a deep belief before I had my daughter was like, I'm choosing everything natural, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think also to like understanding that birth is so much more psychological than it is physical. Like, thank God we are designed that way that the body is like, you come hell or high water, lady, this is the process. <laughs> Here's what starts to happen, right? And yeah. it's like, it's the mind that actually is like, is this safe? Is this normal? Is this too fast? Is this too slow? Like the mind starts to put associations with what the body is like naturally allowing to like open and happen. And so everyone has like your own story about those thoughts, right? Like, oh, thought, that thought means da, 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 right? But it's like, I just notice sometimes that in this space, um, the idea that something is natural means that it's like gonna be easy. There's an automatic plan. There's a perfect yeah. set. There's a perfect Kriya. There's a perfect like yeah. auric strengthening practice. There's the midwife with a capital T. And it just, yeah. I just want to dispel that because it's not actually true. <laughs> it's, it's just not true. And it actually feels incredibly like constricting, like that yeah. belief around it. So how can, how have you helped women, especially in the middle of birth, which is again, like I said, it's like, you're not even really in your body, even though yeah. you're very aware of your body, but you're like very fourth position. Like if there was anything yeah. that's fourth position, it's yeah. like, you're like the, a, a way up there, you know? And so how do you help women kind of like in the process, like in the actual birth, in those experiences? I, I mean, I think for people that are like doulas or, or, or at the side of the birth for, for a woman, the, the most important thing is that the individual gets very, very calm. So whoever the birth support person is, you know, they're, they're, they are regulating their breath um, to a certain degree that is just like, so uh, how, how could you say it? Like the breath is regulated in the most fine tuned way Wow. for the, for the helper, for the, yeah. for the doula, for the nurse, for the doctor, whoever is there. Um, because if an individual, if they're breath is regulated the everybody else in the room they have to get on the regulated breather's breath you're so right <laughs> and especially if the regulated breather is like really like you know <laughs> consciously breathing there's two things that can happen from a yogic perspective the individuals in the room they either get on the regulated breather's breath rhythm or they leave. And that <laughs> I love that you're so right. People people no she, you're really bringing up a good point because one of the thing a lot of moms will tell you is that when you give birth in a hospital sometimes you'll find doctors and nurses don't know how to handle a calm laboring mother. Like they're yeah. really they they don't really understand how to yeah. be around and in my experience they just leave. You're totally right. Like they just leave for hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we, we have nurses that I would say we would pick, you know, we pick certain nurses for the births that are, um, uh, more natural, you know, that they're doing some type of hypnobirthing. There are a set of nurses that do better 
in, in with those individuals. Wow. And, and there always has been, there's, there always has been a set of nurses that you would want in, in for those births. Yeah. People that, that are really patient, like next level patient, right. um, have that breathing capacity that are able to kind of go deep with that woman. Um, cause you're really, it's so intimate. And when you're breathing like that, it's, it's, it's like high level intimacy because, Very. you know, you can't, if, if people are breathing <laughs> erratically, they're more like, <laughs> like, gotta get out of here. You know, so, of here. <laughs> so the laboring Romans like that, the people in the room. So there's no intimacy. Everyone's just kind of in the room, like dodge, like playing dodgeball. It's like, so, tan it's like white tantric yoga is like, it is, it yeah, is. Wow. Yes, I'm like realizing is. now, like, wow, you're totally right. You know, something I want to say here about that, which is like, when you're laboring like that, there's so many connections between like intimacy, like sexual intimacy and laboring. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why, but like, no one talks about that enough, but yeah. it's like, there is such a deep connection to like yes. how a woman experiences yeah. and opens up to a partner and oh, like yeah. allows an absolute takeover essentially while, yep. while being very present, like you said about what is unfolding and what she's allowing and receiving in the allowing. And that's sex. I mean, ultimately that's an yeah. intimate exchange with someone. And I, like I was telling my husband last night, cause he's like, you don't need this. You don't need that. And I was like, I want a woman with me. Like, I love you. Oh, and yeah. my husband is like to the moon and back my favorite person. And he is incredible. And he is that person who is like painfully patient which is amazing in that situation. I just want a woman. I want a woman to be with me. And I love what you said about how there's those nurses. Like, so if you choose to have the birth in the hospital, like, what do you recommend? Like, should they go ahead and like suss it out? Like talk about things? Like, how do they kind of like capture those souls yeah. to be, yeah, you know, like well, as much as you can. <laughs> I, I, I used to tell people um, when I was uh, teaching more childbirth education classes and I still do randomly teach them, but I always tell people, even if you're not doing hypnobirthing, tell them you're doing hypnobirthing. You told me because, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because they will pick the nurse that has this, this presence. Oh my God. I love that. You know, and it's funny because like, possibly like the charge nurse who whoever's picking the person um, might not even be that, you know, anything near that person, but she's like, I know who to pick. I know who to pick. <laughs> You know, and like some nurses might even think those nurses, yeah, you know, they're fine, but you know, but um, <laughs> so, and you know, it's the same for, for the postnatal period for the maternity floor, you, you, I would tell them, you know, make sure you have that, uh, that, uh, birth plan in there so that we can kind of pick, you know, then we can pick yeah. the nurses that have like an understanding of, of, because you know, it's not a perfect system in the hospital. And we, and we, and we do have, we do have some healthcare providers that are, um, that are not like super open to this stuff. Um, and we, 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 we work with them on, on, you know, the element of human caring and how important it is to be unbiased in your, um, care, care and, and, and to get to the root of care. You know, so we, we have been working with nurses that aren't as opened in the pandemic, especially because, because of 
all the wildness that happened in the hospital, it opened up the gates mm -hmm. for a person like me to like full throttle, be able to do my thing in a way that I never dreamed possible. Like, I mean, it, it's just been an absolute miracle. I have a 36 inch, inch peisty gong in my office. I heard that, that. That is just like a dream come true. Yesterday I took um, uh, 16 nursing assistants on a retreat in one of our like conf big conference rooms. And I just can't even believe I had this day. I, I taught them two hours of um, straight up Kundalini yoga and meditation. I mean, I taught them how to wake up in the morning. I gave them tools. We did um, a prana. I, I mean, they were so lit up and they, they, they have things now that they can bring into the hospital that are going to help them connect and be more accepting just by that experience, you know, you know, cause you start to open up to yeah. these connections. So um, I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. Absolutely. Thank God to people like you, like again, to reiterate, like I have no idea what your personal ambitions are, but I just think it's, it's so paramount that there are more people practicing yeah. in, in, in kind of non-traditional settings, you know, because yeah. like when I go into those places, it's like, you know, you, you it's a, I'll find you. Like it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in a, it's a radar and I'm like, there's a lady on this floor, you know? And like, it's just so wild. I had an experience yesterday at a doctor's office. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, well, thank you for going before me and creating this, you know, reality. It was precisely what I would have wanted. Yeah. And it's like that stuff just magically, like whenever we're like, oh, right place, right time. Yeah that stuff just magically aligns. I didn't have to get neurotic and like, you know, read the reviews and like get all like defensive and like, well, I'm going to make sure she doesn't say this to me or do that. I was just like, here I am, yeah. here you are. And it's like this yeah. amazing alignment and it's in a very Western medical setting. And then here I yeah. walk in and we see, we see each other. Yeah. You see each other and, and you, there's no words. Like the one thing she said that I thought was funny, the lady, she's like, are you wearing patchouli? <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. I'm like, I'm sure there is patchouli somewhere. Like, <laughs> but it was just really it's funny. like radiating just, out of your aura. <laughs> totally. It's just like, you just see each other. So yeah. And the gates know? are opening up for, for this um, merging of Eastern and Western very much they are, and, and they're, they're out there, these, um, practitioners, they, they are, um, you know, there's, you know, I wouldn't, you know, we're getting there. Like, I don't think there's a ton that are like full on fanatic like me, but they're open to it. You know, like in my organization, like the fact that I have a gong and they want it, they want it. <laughs> You know, they, they are seeking it out um, and they want to learn. So I've, I've taught people how to play the gong. Wow. Um, I taught a woman how to teach Kundalini yoga and meditation, another nurse, uh, you know, things like that. It's just, it's just so incredible. It's really cool. I, I go around my unit sometimes and just like play the gong at the nurse's <gasps> station. 
because I know that reverberation is going to go throughout the entire organization. Um, and then somebody is being born at that time that, that those sounds are reverberating. And because um, labor and delivery, we were on the same floor. So we're right together. Wow. So, and then, you know, the newborns that get to have that, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, of course. It's interesting thinking about going back to like the veil of birth and from my perspective, which is, um, I'm just projecting because I had a home birth, but like when I was planning my birth, the idea of going to a hospital, I was like, well, if I have to go to a hospital in Los Angeles, a call will be there. So I'll be fine. But I was, <laughs> but you know, you think about it and you're like, all of these nurses, everyone that's in this, in this, uh, I don't want to say business, but like everyone that chooses this path to be in the room for life, the experience of life, I would love for you to speak on like the yogic perspective of like that transition from like in the womb to I'm ready. I'm going through the tunnel. I'm out. It's happening. This is my time. I love that you're incorporating all of this, this practice of even playing the gong because whether or not someone is just having a 3d experience of this is my job. This is what we do. These, this, these are the rules. This is the protocol. There's gotta be something deeper with everybody that's on that floor that knows that there's some sort of, there's someone, there's something else. There's something higher. There's an energy that comes in. Maybe oh, we can't yeah. explain and we can't put in writing or we can't tell the insurance company because they're going <laughs> to shut us down. <laughs> We've gone, we've gone off the deep end, <laughs> but right. I mean, no code for that. There's no code for that. Um, but could you speak on that? Just yeah. that, that energy. I, I can't even, cause I've never witnessed a birth other than my own and you know, me being born, obviously I have no memory of, but I'm sure subconsciously I do. And then, you know, going through labor and then birthing my son, but yeah, could you just, I would just love your perspective uh, on that. Well, there's, I mean, it's, you get so high when you're around birth. I mean, when you see that new life come through, it's just, I mean, it is cosmic. It's, it's otherworldly. And I think people that are even, um, you know, less connected with spirit, they get high too, because the purity, uh, I mean, the soul that's coming through that, that purity that comes through, it's just, it's, it's, I guess the best way to put it is like, it's like cosmic. And so that newborn connects us to the heavens. The newborn is still so connected to the heavens. I mean, that's why they say in the first 40 days, cover the baby's head because of the cosmic, um, cosmic link through the 10th gate, which is the crown chakra, which is the head, the top of the head also, um, is just wide opened. So they're connected to the heavens, they're coming in and everyone gets a hit of the heavens. And so it's, it's it, whether they know it or not, um, that's why they're, they're doing it is, is to, is to connect with, with the otherworldly in a way. Um, it's so incredible. And you, in the, it, from the yoga perspective, when um, a new life is born, uh, the, the child should hear the sound, um, a call, 
and um, the Mool Mantra, mm-hmm. which is Ekankar Satnam Kartal Pudik Nirbo Nirvera Kal Mudita Juni Sabangur Prasad Jap Ad Such Shugad Such Habi Such Nanaka Hosiddhi Such. So, you know, um, if, if you're practicing yoga and you're in this realm and you wanted to, um, to um, utilize those sounds, the a call, the sound a call is on the undying spirit. So the, the, the child is being imprinted with the undying spirit. And it's also death and life a call. So the, the, the life and death, it's like the same thing really at the end of the day. So that they hear the sound a call to imprint this fearlessness, this undying spirit. And then the mool mantra, which was the longer mantra that I just chanted is um, takes a soul to their highest destiny, which we all want souls to go to their highest destiny. And it also brings fearlessness, which we want these newborns to be imprinted with fearlessness so they can help us because we need help on planet earth and they are coming to help us. That's how I feel. Um, and, um, if you're not, you know, into these sounds, you don't know what they are. Um, some people that I've worked with are just kind of like, you know, into the yoga world slightly, but they, they even want to hear those sounds or they'll just put the, um, you know, Guru Joss's version, white sun, they'll, they'll play it. Um, they'll ask me what they should play and they'll play it that when the baby comes out and it's really it's there's so many things and if if people aren't into those mantras i mean just greeting the baby and just welcome to planet earth like welcome you're here and 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 we're here for you and you made it and um you're going to get a lot of love in this lifetime i say that a lot to the babies so that I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, also trying to like hypnotically trance out the parents to know you're going to give a lot of love to this child and the baby knows it. I know it. And, and, and you're going to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think anyone can do that. It, you know, anyone can say those things to the, um, families, but yeah, it's, I, birth is so addictive. thank you for the recitation also it's like so that mole mantra is my favorite mantra um and it's like the first mantra I remember I like really wanted to teach my daughter and even like someone told me once I don't remember who or why but if she was having tantrums or like having a moment of like manic you know ness um to just start to sing it and it's crazy, but it took like one or two times and she would stop the tantrum and start to sing with you. And it like works almost every time. It is kind of like bizarre. And I told her once it's magic. Like I told her that I'm doing magic on her. (laughs) Like I make it kind of funny because it's like, she goes from like absolute chaos in her mind. Like something is scrambled. You can see when they're freaking out, something scrambled. And it like suddenly just like, I don't know. It's so bizarre. Like zips them back up or something. <laughs> yeah, I, it does. I it's, I, I think kids really like that mantra. Yeah. I, I do. I, I, I know my boys do. It helps them. Yeah. It helps wow, them that's a lot. so beautiful. We were playing a call when, when I was in labor and all, all postpartum too. Well, like that day, like from that, from when he was wow. born. And I remember my midwife saying to me and to um, speak on what you were saying, a call, those first words that you say to your child, 
um, or to a, a newborn. It doesn't have to be yours, right? Because you're holding the baby and you're saying all these wonderful things um, and imprinting all this like magic into their lives and their parents' lives. Um, but one thing I loved that the midwife said was the words, the first words that the child hears are the same that they hear when they leave this planet. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was so much pressure in a way. I was like, I, I can't mess this up. And I remember when I was holding him, I was like, this is what he's going to hear. Like, I, even though I was totally, like, in another realm, I was like, like I, it's like I, I almost – I loved that teaching, but I also felt like I was like, okay, what am I going to say? Like, make it natural. What'd you say, Gina? Well, okay. I, I was like, you have the most perfect ears. And it's so <laughs> funny because oh they were so perfect. And I, it's something that you don't realize would be perfect when, it, when they come out. And he was just beautiful. And, you know, all of that gushing, like, we love you so much. But I remember saying you have perfect ears. And it's funny because he loves music now. And I was like, maybe there's... Maybe wow. there's something there. Like he just, uh, every time mu music's on, he just sort of like mellows. And like, even if it's like slow white sun mantra, he'll start clapping as if he's like at, a, uh, at like a wedding or something. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like up on chairs. Like that's kind of how I imagine him clapping. He thinks he's hearing the horror. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he gets like so like upbeat about it. And it's like a very chill song. But I don't know. I just, those are just things that, I, I love those those teachings, and that's what I think, um, and that's where my experience with a midwife and then having be, having the spiritual community of, um, you know, a call, you just, you're like this wealth of knowledge in the yogic teachings that I'm not, I'm not like studying all night long, you know, it's, I get, I, I kind of, I have like a little smorgasbord of like, oh, I really like that. Oh yeah, yeah, Tej told me that, I really like that. Okay, a call told me this, I really like this. Um, and those are the things that I think really help guide in a way the birth, even if you're like, I'm going to the hospital, I'm getting my epidural. I feel like those little pieces of wisdom are something that everyone can take with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and specifically one thing that I noticed when I was pregnant, actually when postpartum, I am so sensitive to television, what I'm taking in. I'm super sensitive to news, whereas I wasn't during pregnancy. And I remember a call you were like, I, I remember you saying like how sensitive you are to that stuff. And you'll chant mantra while you're watching something, like even if like it's your kids or, or your husband watching it. Um, but could you give us like some little like pieces of wisdom in, in the pregnancy? Because there's so much in pregnancy and then also postpartum. What are some things that like you would just wish that every mother did that comes from this ancient yogic practice if you could please share <laughs> I, I i think the most important thing that every pregnant woman should do is talk to their child and anyone can do that which is so awesome you know it doesn't matter what um religion you are it doesn't matter what you're doing here on planet earth if you talk to the baby and you tell them uh, what's happening on out there, it, but also tell them about the world, prepare them. Um, even specifically, I remember Tej um, taught me this. You you talk to them about like, okay, I'm um, I'm outside, 
and I'm looking at clouds and they are so white and fluffy, you know, just like really specific things. This is your papa. He, he works in, you know, data. He's, you know, he's a really great man. You know, um, uh, this is how you wash your hair. Uh, this is how you wash your hands. Uh, you're going to go through puberty one day. And during that time, you might get agitated, but try not to, um, you know, like, you know, things like that. Um, you're, you, um, you love the car rides as an infant. You just love them. You love them. You just absolutely, you're like blissed out in the car. You sleep very well through the night. Um <laughs> So such a good trance. Wow, you're so right. <laughs> I had like a, for me, I think because well, I, I I used to tell my kids, um, I had a whole list, and they're they're different, you know, they're nine and eleven, and they're boys, but they're very uniquely, very very different, as it is every human being, very unique and different. So I told them some similar things, like you have a very strong immune system. You have a very strong nervous system, like medically, you know, you have a very strong um, cardiovascular system. I went through all the systems of the body. You have five fingers on one hand, five fingers on the other, five toes on one, you know, I just did all that. Um, but I told them some unique things too, which was really cool. Uh, for my second son, I was really busy and working a ton. Um, and I was kind of like, I think there was a part of me that was a bit bummed out that I was working so much. And then I had a toddler. And um, so I was kind of cranky. I was working the night shift. I was a little fussy. And um, I went to India when I was 26 weeks. Um, so I got the baby over there and I got my one-year-old over there. And when I came back, I was like, I've got to get it together. Like, I cannot be fussy. You know, I, I mean, it's normal to be fussy sometimes, right? As pregnant people, like, you know, you're big, you're exhausted. You've got another like child to take care of. You're working full time, whatever's happening. But I'm like, I'm, I need to get it together for this kid. So I, every day I started to tell him, you are the light in the dark. You are the light in the dark. You are the light in the dark. You have the power to be light no matter what's happening around you. Because I wanted him to understand kind of a little darkness and then how do you get out of it? And so I just kept telling him that over and over again. I also told him, you have the power to not care what anybody thinks about you. Like you have the power to like not give it. I think I told him, you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about you. <laughs> Like over and over. So then the, the, the child was born on, um, so I'm telling him this every day, the kids born, I'm like, kind of like a depresso at the beginning. Then I change things up around 30 weeks. I get it together. The kids born on two, two 14 at two 22 PM, which is the day of the light in Brazil in this very kind of day of the light. I mean, Remy could explain it more. And then nobody knew I was telling him this stuff. No one, nobody at all. He got the name, he was given the name through his numerology and, and a book in our lineage called the City Guru Granth Sahib. 
he got the name Amr Prakash, which is undying light of dawn. So this is the the power. The story is because I'm telling you the story because of the power of the mother, that the mother can give the child anything she wants in the womb. Anything that the child needs, the mother can imprint. Yeah. So I think talking to the kid is, 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 is just the most important thing. Did you feel like the knowing was from you or from the child? I think the kid aligned with my energetic shift and was able to almost like have like a um, download of what he already knew that was maybe kind of out of his sphere until I moved. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it was just such a trippy, trippy experience altogether. It's so cool. I didn't realize the 222. Yeah. Well, 2214 at 222 p.m. Yeah. Wow. That's like, well, because um, Isaiah is an Aquarius as well. And he was, he came on his due date. But I remember it was like 22-2022. Dad's a numerologist. Let's go. Come on. It's time. I, re- I remember that too. <laughs> but I was like, do you not like that he didn't come on that day? Because he's like, no, no, I'm not following this. I'm not part of your branding. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm coming 100. in on it. I've got a whole other agenda going on. A hundred percent. I remember my first child, I wanted to have him on 11, 11, 11. Because that was like the big, you know, the big deal. Yeah. Um, and of course, that was my due date. No oh, way. Oh, oh my wow, God. Crazy. And he came on 11, 17. He was like... He's like, like you people that. are so primitive here. <laughs> right. Like, what is what a petty human thing to be obsessed with? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh. Um, I was gonna say I I have to step out because I have to return a car like at this exact time. This yeah. Day, I totally got wacky, but then this was the only appointment that worked out actually correctly. So I'm so oh, grateful. I wish I could sit here with you. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to leave, but I know Gina, you're going to stay. There was a few more questions. I know that we wanted like your, um, like lived wisdom and knowledge from, but, um, I could talk to you. I'm going to be in touch with you personally Okay, um, good, for my own good. personal things that I love I, from you. And I just want to tell you like from myself, like, just thank you. Like you're, you're, even though I'm not going to give birth, you know, near you or whatever, like there's just something in me where the idea that people like you holding all of these mysteries, teachings and holding so much light and, and you're in these unconventional places for people seeking light, it, it just, it's so, it's so important. And I'm just so grateful. And I know it's a, a mission of my husband and of our family. And so when I see people doing that, I'm inspired. Like, I feel, oh. I feel like it's possible. <laughs> I feel like it's, good work to keep doing and not isolate ourselves into like, you know, exact communities with the exact same thoughts and the exact same things. And so I just personally want to tell you that you inspire me and like give people like my family a lot of hope and like conviction to keep, keep at it and keep it high. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so happy I got to meet you. I can't wait to talk with you again. Yes. I will be in touch with you personally. I feel like I'm on this journey with you now. (laughs) I, 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 again, it's like Remington, I remember had told me and, and actually it's wild, but 
Remington and Gina didn't know that I was pregnant. And Remington was doing a reading for me, like super spontaneous. It was like very like a spontaneous thing. And in the reading, the predominant character of this reading was a boy, a little boy. Wow. And he was like, um, you know, this could mean many things, but it could actually mean a baby boy. And I was like, I'm pregnant with a boy. Like, I was like <laughs> it was like, I was wow. like three months pregnant. Like, it's not even like it was like, you know, fresh. It was like, and it's crazy because when he was speaking, I like closed my eyes and I like tried to tune into like whatever he was tuning into. Cause I was like, well, if I could just tap into it, he's, you know, like, I was like, I'm going to try to tap into him. I, I was seeing things quite similar to what he saw. So when he described it to me, I was like, that's what I was seeing very similarly. Wow. Um, and it, it was, he was saying like, just things about the boy that like, I also felt so much. And I knew that it's I knew that it's a boy before they told us it's a boy. Like I met this boy before I was pregnant with Gaia. I thought Gaia was this boy. <laughs> like the whole time I wow. kept saying, no, it's a boy. And they're like, no. And it was in Israel. So they would tell my husband in Hebrew, tell your wife, she's wrong. It's a boy. And I would say, no, like it just, it, or they would say it's a girl. And I would say, no, it's, I don't understand. I'm keeping, when I meditate, I see the boy. It, it, I, I feel the boy, like the, I don't, here's his name. I even was given his name. Like, I was like, I just don't understand. And at 20 weeks, I finally accepted like, okay, it's a girl. And then I remember after that, like a couple of days later, I was about to wake up and I saw the vision of the two children and the age difference was almost exactly what it is right now, Whoa. you know? And so, yeah. So like Gaia has asked me, about about this boy anyways there's just been so much I'm just can't wait to meet this boy there's so he's just bringing so many blessings so many gifts I keep praying to him like Reming told me just pray to the baby ask him for what you need yes yeah yes ask him to bring stuff yeah ask him that's what we did with the kids you know ask him to bring some stuff yeah you know we did like as soon as Remington told me that I was like I never even thought to like pray to the child and like, oh, ask yeah. them for these things. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him to bring his gifts from the heavens. Tell him to bring, you know, I told my boys bring some more money because it just brings more options. We need, you know, a few more options in Los Angeles. It's a little wild here with the cost of living. And so, you know, they listened. It was helpful. Yeah. I was I, like, thank you very much for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'll set your scene up. Don't you worry, lady. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're not... We're not going down there with that, uh, with what you got going on. We're coming. Yeah. Little, we need an a little extra. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you. And I feel like you're, you're someone that the child has brought in. So I'm so grateful to get to meet you and get, and to get to talk to you. And I'll be in touch with you, Gina, you guys enjoy the rest of your conversation. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> See you soon. Bye ladies. Yeah. See you. Um, I'm always waving like a child now because Isaiah waves I goodbye. I, <laughs> I still do that on Zooms. I'm like, bye. Bye. <laughs>